The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an Agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. I'm excited to introduce part one of a special three-part series about content and CX, brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. Today, we're going to talk about how content supports business outcomes, the critical importance of a content strategy in CX, and data's role in a content strategy. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Steve Householder and returning Agile World guest, Burke Beekler from Tech Systems Digital Experience team. First, why don't you both tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at Tech Systems? Hey, great. Thanks, uh, Greg. This is Steve. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, I have been with Tech Systems now for 20 plus years, uh, going on to my 22nd year, uh, to be precise. Uh, held several different posts in the organization, both inside and outside the United States. Uh, the last three years, I have been looking after our digital and creative division, heading that up. We focus on delighting the customer through um, multiple services, whether they be talent, uh, outcome-based engagements, and um, you know, certainly look forward to, to this discussion and diving deeper into the subject matter. And thanks for having me. Great. Yeah. And hey, Greg, uh, Burke Beekler here. Great to talk to you again. Uh, happy to be a part of this podcast. Um, so I lead all of uh, Tech Systems Digital Delivery and Practice Globally, uh, based out of Austin, Texas, and uh, been with Tech about two years now. And uh, we're building just some terrific momentum in the space and uh, happy to be here. Great, great. Well, it's great to have you both on the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's start by talking about how content fits into business objectives. Uh, so first question, how do organizations align their content to business goals? Yeah, so Greg, what I would say is digital and content particularly flows through every aspect of a business. Um, it's the piece of your marketing plan that demonstrates you know, who you are, the expertise you bring to the table, your industry. Um, you know, we see content going hand in hand with things like information architecture, which is the organizing framework that makes it as easy as possible for um, you know, customers and, and users to be able to consume the content. And so as it aligns to business goals, it's key that you know, organizations have, number one, a good handle on those goals, and then aligning uh, the specific content to that. Yeah, that's great, Burke. Um, just a, a quick add-on to that, Greg. Um, 
you know, when, when I think about aligning content business goals, I think of really clearly doing three things. If I could just distill it down to, to three critical things. Number one is uh, attracting uh, customers. Number two would be uh, deepening the relationship with existing customers. And number three would be that ability to retain customers that are potentially at risk of leaving. So um, when I think about, um, you know, each an element of each one of those, um, you know, certainly when you think about attracting, you're, you're wanting to know your audience better. Um, you're wanting to know, um, you know, that the really at empathy level, um, you know, what they're thinking about. Number two, um, when we talk about that deepening, it's, it's optimizing for voice. Uh, you know, certainly there is a, a, a huge voice, comp voice component uh, that um, marketers and, and businesses need to be aware of that can really enhance and or deepen that relationship with customers that they already have. And when you think about uh, the retention, um, certainly uh, identifying the right platforms uh, that allow you to scale and reach the audiences that, that you want to. Um, and then there's this big push in, um, you know, we'll call it user-generated content, you know, content that is created by the organization, by their users, that is shareable. Um, and that, um, that those are key elements that I think about when I think about content related to, to the strategy. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, quite a few things in that, um, in there. So who should be responsible for the organizational, uh, the organization's content strategy? I think we find it most all, Greg, is owned by the marketing department. Um, you know, the, the typical customers that we work with on, let's say, the medium to large organization side likely will have a dedicated team or role for those types of functions, but it's always under the purview of marketing. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think that you also need to consider, um, you know, the, 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 in the product-driven organization, uh, the, the, the folks that understand at a really deep level, um, you know, the, the product that they're trying to launch, whether it's a new audience or they're trying to scale in an already existing audience, uh, those folks should be brought into uh, the decision-making process for sure, if not definitely the influencing process. Yeah. Where do you see the customer experience? You know, so there's CXOs popping up in uh, at companies and, and things like that. So uh, where do you see CXOs relating to the marketing team and content strategy and everything like that? So I think CS CXOs are taking a very direct experience in this area because oftentimes they're driven by ma maximizing the customer experience. They're responsible for outstanding customer experience throughout the organization, and in particular as it relates to content, that's a key area that's going to drive that interaction with the brand and with the business. And so they'll, they'll take an outsized role in making sure that's done correctly. Yeah, yeah it's, um, you know, it's an interesting one. Uh, the, this, this chief uh, customer officer, this chief journey officer, this obsessive person inside the organization is an interesting role and um, th there's a lot of really cool things about it but there's a lot of really um, gnarly things about it too um, and I think what you're going to see in 2020 and 21 Greg is that I think you're going to see the the CXOs or the customer obsessive leaders that are able to actually show a tangible return on the investment are going to be the ones that thrive yeah. the ones that can't show meaningful returns on a lot of the digital, the creative initiatives that they're launching and they're endeavoring or have been endeavoring to launch over the last couple of years 
um, they're just simply not going to be there. What I know is that I talked to several uh, CMOs and CEOs, and I know that the tolerance level for talking about customer experience is over. Yeah. The the reality is, show me the money in a kind of Jerry Maguire type style. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So the patience is wearing thin. Yeah. And I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic that plays out. Yeah. I mean, there is stuff to your point. There is definitely an increasing emphasis on. I get, we all kind of know the numbers that customer experience is important and, and all those things, but there is definitely an in, uh, increasing emphasis on ROI and, and things like that. So how does that how does that content strategy or content strategist or the content they produce, how does that shape or help shape the customer experience? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll take this one on. Uh, so how content shapes the customer experience? Um when I, when I think about that, I think about, um, you know, knowing the buyer journey. Okay. So, uh, most organizations have mapped the buyer journey. They know there's 20 t- touch points to it. Um, they know, um, where to win and lose or where they won and lost and layering in the right content to the right audience at the right time. Absolutely critical. So if organizations, um, that are listening to this podcast feel great about their, um, the, the level of work that they've done to map the buyer journey and they know the touch points, then layering in the content that speaks to that audience in the most meaningful way um, yeah. at the right time usually will produce the result that they're looking for. I mean, think about it. 90% of buyer purchases are made before the purchase is actually made. Yeah. Right. So we turn to Google, we turn to Bing, we look at the analytics that come from those um, searches and, you know, we map that journey and then we layer in uh, our content with our strategy to, to, to hit them, whether it's voice, whether it's, um, you know, uh, blogs or, you know, um, digital. Um, yeah. th- that's really, I think, the key. How can uh, how can customer experience be improved through use of content? Maybe even after the sale and, and things like that. You mentioned a few ways to educate, but uh, you know what are some other ways that the CX can be improved through content? Well, I think in terms of um, after the sale, that gets to personalization, right? Because you have to have a relationship established with your target audiences to make sure that as you interact with them before the purchase and after the purchase, they have a, they have a similar quality of interaction with that brand. Um, now we'll talk about it probably later in the podcast, but we'll, we'll get into analytics and how that helps serve that. But certainly the analytics piece will help determine how you interact in the most effective way, both before the sale and after the sale. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, so, so when I think content marketing, I think the art of persuading people through education, right? Um, yeah. Make me smarter. Make me more informed. Give me some information that I don't know about a product or about your brand, right? So if I think that that doesn't stop after the purchase, or it shouldn't stop after the purchase, if you can continue to um, you know, embrace a relationship with me where you're continuing to educate me and you know, work with me on, you know, making me aware of, you know, new versions or, you know, new features that, you know, you have uh, added to, you know, your product or your service, gold star. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any types of content that you feel are, can be used more effectively or maybe underrated or, or things like that? Oh, man. 
thousand percent. I mean, thousand percent. I mean, I think some organizations you, you do it really well, and I know we're going to get into that later in the podcast. Huge fan of Red Bull and what they've been able to do. Um, but look, voice and um, voice and, and video to me are yeah. just key. and maybe it's just because that's how I learn better. But voice and video, and you can kind of just see the personality yeah. that comes through in those things. Dude, that's it, man. That's where it's at. If we can, if, if marketers can really embrace their audiences through voice and video, um, I think that um, you know you're gonna you're gonna definitely be be happy with results. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Burke, you briefly mentioned um, analytics, and so let's talk a little bit more about that now. Um, so data and measurement. Um, what's the role of data in the content strategy? Yeah, great question, Greg. It, it absolutely f- uh, it absolutely has a critical role. Um, when we think about web analytics data helping to identify the target audience, which is going to be the start of any good content strategy, is really defining that audience, defining the personas of who you want to connect to and, and, and what their preferences are. Um, web analytics also helps with trending topics. Um, you know, you can look at channel-specific preferences of potential customers uh, that you're trying to target. And as well as when you, th- when you bring in areas like social media, what are the influencers most relevant to your stakeholders and group that you're trying to hit? So all of data can serve all those areas and, uh, and, and give you the best insight into how to, how to act. Thousand percent, Bert. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, and I know we're going to get into some of the challenges a little bit later on. It, the, the ability for an organization to democratize the data across the enterprise is critical, right? I mean, we, we, I mean, technology is going to give you the access to the data, but the ability to share it and put it to meaningful use across the enterprise, absolutely critical, you know? So I know we're going to get into the challenges later, but um, I just thought that, that was relevant to say. Well, actually, if you could talk a little bit more about what are, what are some of the ways that it can be used across the organization, just, you know, from a, from a data or metric standpoint as well. Well, I think, it, you know, as we talked about, you want to use, um, you know, web, web analytics data as a starting point. But the key with data is really to think about it holistically, right? So remember that the end user, the person you're trying to target, doesn't know that they're interacting with a multitude of systems on the back end of your company. And so as you think about that buyer journey, you want to make it as easy and simple as possible for them to get to the information that they need to make that decision on interaction, brand, purchase, whatever it may be. Um, And so all those metrics are going to be a reflection of whether or not that customer experience and content strategy is being effective. Great. Well, uh, Burke and Steve, thanks so much for joining part one of of three of of the show. Uh, For those listening, uh, what's the best way to keep up with uh, what you and Texasms Digital are doing in the area of content and content strategy? Yeah, so I'd encourage... Everyone listening to just go to uh, you know, TechSystems.com version next now on our, on our website, particularly related to digital, and you'll find all the information that we've been producing and, uh, and posting to that, to that location. Great. If you'd like to hear more from Burke and Steve, tune into parts two and three of this podcast series about content and CX, continuing over the next two weeks. Again, I'd like to thank Burke Beekler and Steve Householder from Tech Systems Digital for joining the show. If you'd like to hear more from Burke and Steve, tune into parts two and three of this podcast series about content and CX, continuing over the next two weeks. 
Again, I'd like to thank Burke Beekler and Steve Householder from Tech Systems Digital for joining the show. You can learn more about content strategy and tech systems at techsystems.com. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.